Welcome to Salem First Assembly Podcast. May this week's message by Pastor Brian D. Corkin be a blessing to your life in helping you to grow in your understanding of God's Word, strengthen your faith, and equip you to become all that God has created you to be. So good morning. This is the day the Lord has made. Happy Fourth of July. I, can you believe it actually landed on a Sunday? Someone just go make some noise, like some fireworks or something. <laughs> well, um, we had a guest speaker because there was a lot of things going on this week. And I guess I am your guest speaker. Um, just found out. <laughs> and it happens. It happens sometimes. We don't know what happened to the speaker. But um, we're just going to continue where we left off. And uh, so take your Bibles, and there's no PowerPoint because I didn't know I was preaching. <laughs> but go to 1 Peter chapter 1, and uh, we were talking about Peter because Peter is a great book for you and I to recognize that when tough times come, when situations happen, when hardships hit, when you're hurt, when you're in pain, when you're not favored by someone, it's tough. Life is tough. And the people that the Spirit of God is talking to in First Peter are going through some hardships. It's really rough. You know, when you go through a hardship, how many have heard someone say this, or maybe you said it, and they say this, why is God putting me through this? Or... What have I done wrong, God, that you're allowing this to happen? Don't raise your hands, because I know they're going to come up. The reality, sometimes your present circumstance has nothing to do with what you've done. It has everything to do with what's happening in you. It's Remember, it's not the problem that's the problem. It's our response to the problem that becomes our greater problem. Someone say amen. Did you get that? Because sometimes we think it's just a problem and all we do is look at the problem. But the thing is, what will the problem do to you or for you? Sometimes your problem is your greatest thing that makes you strong. It gives you a stepping stone. And then you get to see the power of God show up in your life. So these individuals are in a very difficult time. And so the Spirit of God, through the Apostle Peter, is encouraging them. How many need a little bit of encouragement once in a while? No? Nobody? Oh, there they are. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Took a little while to register from here to there. Yes. So we're going to pick up where we left off last week. And um, I I just want you to get the setting. I want you to carry this because life is sometimes tough. How many can think of a situation that you're going through, been through, and you say, man, that was tough. Raise your hand. Yeah. Yeah. Look, everybody can identify that. The question is, though, how are we going to respond? Because if you go to the word of God and even first Peter, if you can go and remind yourself. Remind yourself of what God said. Remind yourself how the prophecies that God said. Remind you of the inheritance that God has given to you. Remember what the blood of Jesus has done for you all in the resurrection. To see that what God has done and what God's going to do yet. Someone say the best is yet to come. I get excited about that because sometimes life can be a little bit much. Amen. Can anybody bear witness? Yeah. Life can be a little challenging at times. But when you focus in on what God has and what God is, man, it does change your perspective. You can either look at your problem or you can look at your solution. You can even complain about what's happening or what is, or you can remember what God has done. It's a choice. It's always a choice to rejoice. Go to, go to verse 13 of First Peter. 
I don't think I've ever preached from my phone before. <laughs> this is a new experience. Last week, we talked about verse 13 and spent some time on verse 13. It says, therefore, prepare your mind for action. Prepare your mind for action. Think of this for a second. You heard the message last week. I went really into what does it really mean to prepare your mind. How many know the battle is in the mind? Because whatever you allow to enter your mind, your brainwaves, your thoughts, it will dictate or it will actually pave a road in which you will travel. You see positive people. Positive people, I love this. They say, well, they're just naturally positive. (laughs) You ever seen a positive person go through depression? A positive person, when they crash, when they do crash, you have to pick them up three or four layers below sea level when a positive person does crash. Everybody has a crash moment. Someone say amen. Okay? So no one goes through life unscarred. We have challenges. However, a positive person recognizes who their God is, knowing God's in control. It changes the way we think. Because if you change the way you think, you will change the way you are. If you change the way you are, you will pave a whole different lifestyle. Matter of fact, people may like to hang with you. How many of you like to hang around with a negative Nancy? You know, I used that word last night, last week. Nobody named Nancy, I hope, here, so please forgive me. But how many want to hang around with a person who's a pessimist and negative and just always complaining? Raise your hand. Wow. Look at that. Now watch this. How many like to hang around with a person who's just full of life, full of faith, believe you, will pray? Look at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now, who are you? (laughs) Who are you? Or who do you want to become? Who do you want to become? You see, just because you say, well, that's where I am now, Pastor. I don't know what to do. That doesn't mean you have to stay in that seat, does it? You can get up and you can arise to a whole different level. So it says, therefore, prepare your mind for action. Because if you don't remind yourself of what God's word says, then it's not going to happen in your life. When you go through the mess, you have to remember the one who bless. Get that? You have to remember what God's word says. It's the only thing that will take you out of a dark, dreary, damp day. It's the only thing. It's going to be the word of God. That's why... The Spirit of God is telling them to prepare their mind. Why? Because if they're just thinking about all of their problems, they are never going to see the solution in the midst. How many of you have ever had a problem, and because of your problem, you learned something about God? Raise your hand. Mm -hmm. How many have become stronger because you went through a problem? My word. I've gone through a lot of different things, and um, I've learned a lot through some major problems. You know, uh, I was thrust in an atmosphere that I didn't fit. I was a square peg in a, much of, uh, in a bunch of round pegs. And I, I felt so out of the realm of where God placed me in so many times in life. And I would say, God, I really don't belong in these group of people. I'm not like them. I don't think like them. I'm different from them. And then God said, no, Brian, you are just the way I created you. And I'm not done yet. Don't ever feel inferior to anybody else because they have their problems too. 
Look at your neighbor and say he's talking about you. <laughs> you see, so, so many times when we don't prepare the mind on the word of God, we fall short. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your what? Wait, wait, wait. Let's get this in our hearts because what drives us astray is our own thinking. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. But in all your ways, what do you do? Acknowledge God and he will direct your path. What does that mean? Just acknowledge him when things are going good? What does it mean? Acknowledge him when you like what he's doing? No, acknowledge God when things are not the way you like. Acknowledge God like, hey, I know where I'm at, but I know where God's going to take me. I know I'm having a problem. I know I'm having this ache. I know I'm having this pain. I know I have this problem. I know this relationship is not where I want it to be. Whatever, the, whatever it is for you, and then realize, wait, but my God's not done with me. Someone say, my God's not done. Mm-mm-mm. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Now, here's the, here's the thing. Here's a, be sober-minded. Now, sober-minded really need to understand this because so many times people get to attach themselves to so many things. It's just not alcohol. It's not just drugs. It's just not. But to be sober means to be in control. In control. To be sober means you're in control of your thoughts because, see, what does it say? Prepare your mind. Your mind can't be sober unless it's under control of the Spirit of God. It's really important. You see, if you allow your mind to take off, forget it. That's it. How many, how many ever had a problem one day and you just started thinking and thinking and before you know it, you created a whole scenario that wasn't true, but you believed it. I'm going to use Nancy again. I just remembered there is a Nancy. I haven't seen. But uh, okay, so Nancy's not here. <laughs> <clears throat> So Nancy, Nancy comes uh, one day, uh, sees somebody in the store, and the person makes a little comment to Nancy. And all of a sudden, Nancy starts thinking about this one little comment. Before you know it, she said, you know what? That person meant this. You know what? I think this is what she meant. You know what? Before you know it, what Nancy said was so small, but before, because they keep thinking and thinking and thinking, she thinks, Nancy, they think the person says, Nancy says, I don't think that person even likes me. I, I think she hates me. All because of a word. Does that ever happen to any of you? <laughs> Come on. What happened? Your mind was not in order. It wasn't sober. You were feeding yourself off of things that poisons your thoughts. So if we're going to prepare our mind, your thoughts must be sober. And that is controlled by the spirit of the living God. If you allow God to control your thoughts, can I ask you a question? Would you be different? Would you be fearful? Would you be full of anxiety? Would you feel, feel full of anger? Would you like to pop the guy who cuts in front of you? Hmm? I know you probably honk his horn. Listen, I've, been, I've drove with some of you people, and some of you people need to be sanctified when you drive. You know? I, I've had my moments... I've had my moments. Yes, I have. But they're few compared to some other ones. I'm just saying. We're all in room for improvement. Let's move on. <laughs> Be sober-minded. Now watch this. This is important because now you're lining your mind 
up to the Word of God, allowing the Spirit of God to make sure that you are now thinking His thoughts. You're allowing the Spirit to control. You're preparing your mind on the Word of God. The Spirit of God now is causing you to be in right uh, thinking, in right way, because you can't do it in the flesh. You have to need to need the Spirit. But watch, watch the brick that's laid here, brick upon brick. And then it says, Then set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Fully. Uh, this is important. Set your hope fully. Oh, Pastor, I can set my hope when things are going good. Huh? Can we? Can set, we can set our hopes when things are going good. Someone, let's, let someone pull your, drink, your plug out of your bathtub and you start losing water. Huh? How about someone really does something to you that really all of a sudden you have all this hope, you're like, oh, God's in control, no problem, and then something happens. All of a sudden, you get a pink slip. All of a sudden, you know, your, your car breaks down. Everything's going good. And then all of a sudden, when things are going good, do you fully put your hope in the Lord Jesus Christ? Because, see, that's what's, what's happening to them. They're everything, they were serving God. Before you know it, they're having problems now. Now they're looking at their problems. And when you look at your problems, guess what happens to the hope factor? Sometimes we don't think God's capable of doing what he needs to do. Some would say hope. Do you know that's the, one of the most powerful words, hope? Do you know it gives us a new day, gives us a new perspective? Hope, when you see situations in your life, you've got to have hope. But your hope has to be fully in God. People say, don't get me wrong, I believe laws are important. I believe that the political realm is important. That's how we function. That's how we became a nation in 1776. I want you to understand that this is an important thing. However, however, the real answer to it all is Jesus Christ. When you lose who we are in God and how we've been created, if we lose that type of thinking, we've lost our way. Before you know it, we'll replace it with all kinds of things. And you can see, today we call things good and right that God calls sin. There is, God calls it S-I-N, sin. And there's many people in sin. And the reality is you can call it right all you want, but it's sin according, according to God. We have laws that say it's okay to kill babies. 62 million babies since 1973. That's sin. That's murder. I look at that little blessing back there, and I'm like, I just want to run right from this spot and to go hold them. You know what I mean? What a joy. But we have a country today that don't see children as joy. Unfortunately, it's so sad, but just because you make a law, that doesn't change what God says. We're accountable as American. We're celebrating another year. We should be thankful that God's given us another year because there is much blood on our nation's hands. But I also know that his grace is great. And some of the songs we sing about his grace is so important, but we as Christians need to put our full Hearts on what Christ has done for us. Fully rely on God's grace that's found in Jesus Christ. Don't partially. Well, I'm, I believe in God, but, but. How many ever heard that saying? I, I, I believe in God, but. Every time you believe in God and you have to put a but there, you just discredit, you're going to discredit what you just said. 
that conjunction hurts. So I don't know about you, but if you're going to do what the scripture says here, and I think this is prepare your minds, make sure your actions for actions, and then make sure that you're, you're, you're sober-minded, your mind is sober, and then set your hope fully, fully on God. Think about this for a second. Give me, well, in your mind, give me a situation where your hope went out. What happened in your life where you had a moment where you felt hopeless? Raise your hand if you ever felt hopeless somewhere along the line. Raise your hand. Raise your hand so, you can, so everybody can see it. Yeah, look at the hands. Isn't that amazing? Thank you for being honest. Because the percentage is 100%. If you lived any length of days, there have been days where you just felt hopeless. Whether you felt it about yourself, whether you felt it about what you do, or you felt it about life totally. We sometimes go through these moments. But see, this is when our minds are not submitted to God by the Spirit of God, that we're being sober in our thoughts. Because once, they, once we do that, we can fully rely on God's grace. His grace can help you. His grace is with you. He is the fourth man in the fire. Can you say amen? amen. He is the one that said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Ronnie, that's the word of God. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He says what he says, and he'll do it. But the question is for you and I, the question for you and I is, are we going to fully rely on the fullness of God's grace? You know, this is a, my chair that I seldom sit down on. <laughs> but I, I, I think I like, sometimes I like to sit down and say, let's talk. <laughs> but right now, I'm putting my full weight on this chair. When I sat in it, I didn't, I didn't worry about it. I didn't worry that the pistons was going to let go. I just... Now, if it did let go, wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> but think about this for a second. Whether it's relationships, whether it's your family, whether it's your children, whether it's friend, whether it's finances, whether it's insurance, whatever it is, whatever it is, is God bigger than that? Because, see, they're in problems and they're being reminded to fully rely on God's grace. That God's grace is going to send them through. Now, I know people want to take grace and make it very cheap sometimes. Like, you know, it's, but God's grace, you can't describe it because it's indescribable. Because the eye has not seen, the ear has not heard, nor has it entered in the mind of man the things that God, ha- the things that God has for those who love him. And I'm telling you what, you haven't seen nothing yet. I kept having that song, haven't seen nothing yet. Anybody know that song? I almost want to break out right now. Just need a guitar. <laughs> it's, it's a beautiful, a really portion here. Let me go on. So let's get this down. First of all, is everybody in your word? If you have a word, take your Bible out and go to First Peter right there in front of you. Go ahead. One of the greatest things that you can do is make a relationship with the Word. Whether it's you want to do it on Bible, you want to do an iPad, you want to do it on book, whatever. Your growth, spiritual growth, will take place when you open the book. Or open your iPad to Scriptures. Or I was just sharing with a total stranger. Well, actually, quite a few strangers, as a matter of fact. But, but I was sharing about how to read your Bible on your phones or how to listen to it. And there's an app called... A U version, it's really, really user-friendly, and, and uh, you can 
do devotions. You can, they can read it to you if you want. You can read it. You can read it in different translations. There's just so much you can do on it. So listen, if you want to build that relationship, you have to be in the Word. Amen? Because you know, some books inform, other books reform, but only the Word of God will transform your life. Okay. All right, so... Verse 13, therefore prepare your minds for action and be in sober mind and set your hope fully. Set your hope fully. Someone say fully. fully. That's a choice right there. On the grace that will be brought to you on the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is, this, this is where you haven't seen nothing yet comes from. God's got more to reveal to you. More to show you. You think you, God's blessed your life? I mean, I look back. God has blessed my life. God has... Pre- protected me so many times he's provided for me oh my word my whole life he's provided for me and I, I just i'm so thankful and yet i remember wait a minute you haven't seen you haven't seen nothing yet you have to trust god in the process amen watch this verse 14 as obedient children <laughs> how many want to stop there <laughs> You know, Pastor, I was really good about the mind. I was really good about being sober. You know, I, I don't drink, you know, I'm good. And I'm really good about fully relying on God, but then obedient in every area of my life. Oh, God, I'm, uh, I don't know, Lord. I don't know. Yeah, this is the thing. Obedience, obedience to God is a choice. Do you know that? It's a choice. It's always a choice. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of the former ignorance. Do not be like you used to be. Be transformed by the renewing of your what? Your mind. What goes in is what comes out. You want to be a different person. You want to be stronger character. You want to be a nicer person. You want to have person that you want to be a person that when you open your mouth, you say something with wisdom and, and insight. Get in the Word of God. Let the Word of God really do something in you. Because as obedient children, I told this story I think last week, and I'll tell it again because, well, it's one of my favorite stories. But when my child was preaching one day here. He said that he didn't want to sin because he didn't want to hurt mom and dad. I was blessed to hear him say that because he never told me that. (laughs) But why did my son not want to sin because he wanted to not hurt us? Isn't that true for you and I? Now, we all make mistakes, but we're not living a lifestyle of sin. We may yell at someone or we like to even... Maybe you backhand somebody. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to. (laughs) But sometimes we can get agitated and we're not so kind, not so nice. The reality, though, you have to recognize in this whole thing is that we are to be obedient because we love God. And we love God, therefore, we want to serve Him. And it says, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, your your misunderstanding. See, at one time, we understand 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things pass away. Behold, all things become new. Now watch this. Watch this. This is a beautiful thing. Um, when I first got saved, I, I just started reading the Bible. I got saved reading the Bible, and then I got saved, and I came across this scripture. 
And I had this incredible revelation because I'm like, I was almost jumping down. I'm like, that happened to me. That happened to me. That's what happened. See, I, I was changed. God changed me from the inside. His grace lavished upon me. And all of a sudden, I became a different person. But before I read, I didn't know. I just had the result. And then I read this in 2 Corinthians 5.17. I read it and I said, oh my word, God, that's what you did. The old things are past. Behold, I become a new creature. See, but it says here, as obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. Don't go back. You know, you walk in faith, have faith. Don't start doubting. Just be like everybody else. You know, negative doubting is still very positive. You know that, don't you? You can have negative faith and actually bring it to path. Just because you believe it. You're going to get an accident. You're going to get an accident. You're going to get an accident. You know what? You're going to be so nerved up one day, you're going to get an accident. You bring a lot of junk on yourself because you in itself set yourself up. You see, your, your, faith in, your faith can move you in two different ways. It's up to you. It's your choice. Don't start to have the passions that you have. Don't feed them. So there they are in a different land. They're in, northern, they're in Turkey today, right? That's a, where the area of Asia Minor is, Turkey. And so they're, they're there, and they're going through problems, and it's so easy. What did Peter do? Peter went back fishing, didn't he? Sometimes our passions can bring us back because of troubles. Troubles move us sometimes. And it says here, no, be obedient children. Do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance. But watch this now. But. This is where butts are good. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, this is where butts are good. <laughs> and I can't believe I just said that on the internet. You know what I mean? That pastor said butts are good. <laughs> When we're talking about literary, yes. <laughs> One T, good. Thanks, Buck. Because, see, this is where it changes things. You have got to understand, because this is where a conjunction makes a difference. Let me read it in entirety. As children, obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your, what's that word? Conduct. Be holy as God is holy. Most people say, I can't do that. I can't be like God. What is God talking about? Being holy as he is holy. God's talking about your heart. God wants your heart to be right with God. Because he makes you holy when your heart is connected to him. It's relationship. You know, do you have to really, if you have a good relationship with someone and you have a really good relationship, do you have to work at it? I mean, people are going to argue with me in this, but really, if you have a good relationship, it's not work. It's not like you've got to really work at it. You've just got to be yourself. Because if yourself is loving and caring and, and compassionate and helpful, and just because that's who you, you don't have to get up and say, oh, I've got to be helpful today. I've got to be compassionate today. Another day to be compassionate. Yeah, you, you don't do that because you have a relationship and it's a good relationship. It flows. You don't have to worry about it. You can be yourself. God, when you love God and you have a relationship with God, you just have to be yourself. Has anybody ever seen that movie? <laughs> Can't believe I'm bringing this up. That's what you get with no notes. <laughs> um, the the, the uh, Aladdin. 
Anybody seen Aladdin? Come on, you have to see it. Okay, yeah, you saw Aladdin. Now I'm starting to see the big kids. Uh-huh. Oh, the hands come up now. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And you remember when the genie was trying to tell the prince and he tell the truth, but he couldn't tell the truth because he feel like if I tell the truth, she won't like me because I'm not a prince. Ali, no, I'm not a prince. <laughs> and so... So the little bee, the, as a bee, the genie's a, a bee, and he says, be yourself. Just be yourself. Stop trying to be something you're not. When you love God and have a relationship with God, you can walk holy in God because you are you. You're not trying to put a facade on. You're not trying to, you know, win points. If you have to try to win points in a relationship, that relationship ain't much. If you can't be you, that relationship will never go deep. When you love God and you're serving God and you're all in because God so loved you, he died for you, and you think, God, I'm going to serve you for the rest of my life. I'm all yours. And I'm going to do according to your word, your will, your ways, and I desire to do your works, oh God. That's relationship. And you know what? You can be holy. Yes, he is holy because he and you are in relationship. Now, is there growth in that relationship? Absolutely. Are you still growing? Absolutely. How many are still growing in God? Raise your hand. Yeah. If you say to me, Pastor, I'm there, please come to the altar. <laughs> See, we're not. We're always in the process of the sanctification process. It's the Spirit of God working on us and developing in us and strengthening us and helping us. And we, you and I have to recognize this, realize this, you know that God is on your side and He wants you to walk holy. Sometimes we could, we could, the church could use a little holiness to realize that, yeah, he's not, he's, not the big, he's not the big man upstairs. Now, God will answer a prayer like that because that's where people are. But as you grow in God, you recognize, well, God's holy. God is righteous. I mean, the angels in heaven are worshiping him on a continuous basis and just proclaiming how, how holy he is. I told you an experience, maybe this was on Wednesday night, small group, but there was a time that I was at a meeting and the Spirit of God fell on me really hard. Me and God always talk when God wants me to do something and I'm always, I feel like I'm Bob, Bob Barker sometimes. Well, God, I'll tell you what, I win this, you know. <laughs> So God said, I want you to go get prayed for. And I was like, okay, God, but I want to get prayed for until when there's nobody there. And then I'll go. Let everybody else needs take place, and then I'll go. And so the Lord's never, never said that's not a good idea. So nevertheless, I did. I got prayed, and it was a very popular person who prayed for me. I've worked with uh, different people, and, but this guy I never met before the first time, and talked a little bit with him and he prayed for me and the power of God hit me. Just, just, just hit me. And as I was on my back quicker than you could say hello, I don't know what took place, but all I know is that I've never felt this in all my life. I was in the presence of a holy God. And when I got up, I felt so clean, just clean. I, I can't explain it. And I enjoyed it, and I knew I was clean, 
and I just started walking and I had to go to a baseball game or a practice for my son and I walked out of the church and right as I walked out of the church I said this to myself oh my word I feel so dirty out here strange just so strange I literally felt and I had that feeling and I'm like oh my word I feel so dirty I feel different out here I wanted to turn around and go back in the building but I had my son and I want to miss his game, so I get to the park, and my wife says, what's wrong with you? And I knew she wasn't going to understand it, because I was still trying to understand what was going on. I said, I know, I just came from an incredible meeting. The presence of God was so thick, it was so wonderful, and right now, I feel dirty just being in the park. You and I, you can take that story for what it's worth, but I experienced it very clearly, very powerfully. And I want to tell you something, that the presence of God is so sacred, so holy. It's beyond your understanding. You know, the eye has not seen, the ear has not heard, nor what God has for those who love him or living. It goes beyond our understanding, but when you get in the presence of God, it's a beautiful thing. How about if we get in the presence of God on a daily basis, and then all of a sudden we're going to en encounter the presence of God. And if you encounter the presence of God in your daily time, and you come together in church and we have a corporate time, how much greater do you think the presence of God can show up in the house? Just saying, hunger breeds appetite. And appetite breeds hunger. And then it produces results. Be holy, am I a whole, be, be holy as I am holy. Be his representative. You know, they named the Christians in Antioch and they really to be like Christ. Examples. You're a follower of Jesus Christ. That means what Jesus did, right, we should do. Jesus said, you'll do greater things than these. But how many of us, think of it, how many of us get up in the morning sometimes and say, God, you said, I'll do greater things than you. And we're a body. There's a lot of us, we can come together, do greater things. There's a lot of, there's a lot of things on that scripture that people argue over. But I will say this. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. But how do we live that way? Do we get our mind under the control of the spirit? Are we sober in our thinking? Are we relying fully on the grace of God? Fully! Meaning when you don't understand it, and trust me, I understand that. Trust me, I live in the same world you live in. I have to do the same thing you have to do. It's not like, well, they got to do it, but they don't. They got a blessed life over there. I wish I had their life. <laughs> oh, I hear that so often. Everybody's always pointing fingers, comparing people, comparing this, comparing that. You want to ruin your life? Go ahead and compare. You have to realize and recognize that God has a way, his power of his word, and he wants you to walk a life so you're the best representation on the face of the earth. You work with people that don't know Jesus, man, they should be able to see something different about you. You have people in your family, they're definitely watching the way you walk. They're definitely watching what the words you speak. They're definitely saying, hey, do they have something that I want? Said, that happened to Paula. When I was changed, she said, I don't know what you, what happened, but I want what you want, what you have. See, the gospel of Jesus Christ should have a little salt in us. We're, we're salt, right? We're called salt and light. We need to illuminate with God's love and allow the salt to penetrate 
through other hearts as we live in that. One time I did a sermon in my early, early years, yesterday. Um, now, this is my early years, and, um, and I, I did it all on salt and pepper. Salt and pepper. And I'll tell you what, when I talked about the salt, salt has so many elements to it. So does pepper. But you, only get, you don't see one without the other. And both is needed. But when it comes to salt, we're called salt because salt does so many wonderful things. And that's why God gave us that analogy. But we have to ask ourselves, what are you doing with your salt? You're each, one of, you're, each one of you are a salt shaker. Huh? I just picture, what kind of salt shaker are you? Huh? I have this little truck. And, uh, and in the truck has two salt shakers and got a, got a deer. And deer's driving the truck. And, and uh, it's kind of really cute. And uh, you have all different types of salt shakers in the world. But the question is, which one is really shaking the love of Jesus on other people? You have, a, you have a flavor to give. You have a purpose that God has given you. And God says, be holy. Walk in my ways. Walk in my word. But if you're not reading your scriptures, if you're not spending time with God, it's the same equivalent that you say, I want a relationship with whoever, but I don't want to talk to them and I don't want to hang with them. How deep is that relationship going to be? See? So the question is, how are you going to prepare your mind? How are you going to get your thoughts upon the Word of God so that your thoughts are right? What are you going to do to allow whatever happens in your, your life, you're going to trust God and His grace. You're going to put your whole life in His grace, and you know what? You're going to be happy about it. <laughs> Someone say happy about it. Now, don't lie now. <laughs> yeah. But to fully rely on the grace of God it's so important for each one of us to take what God has given us. You are blessed. You're blessed. We don't realize that we're blessed, but we are. But God's grace is wonderful. God's grace is good. Look at your, look at your neighbor and say, I thank God for God's grace. One of the things that I think all of us should really look at, and this, I'm just going to close with this, that you and I have been called for such a time as this. And we need to be careful that we don't allow the world to impact us, infect us. So many times, people are between playing video games, watching TV, doing this, that, and the other side, and you say to yourself, hey, how much time have we spent it with God? Our relationship with God is only as deep as the amount of time you spend with Him. And he who is holy has called you to be holy. So let our conduct be conduct that will please God and trust him. Because if you're not trusting, what's my saying? You're rusting. And how many want to rust, huh? Not I. So let me just read this. Do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but... As he who has called you, he's called you. Isn't that good? I can't do nothing for God. Well, really? What, what does it say? Someone say, I've been called. I've been called. 
Say it again. I've been called. Yeah, everybody likes to say, well, they're called and they're called and they're called, but you don't want to own it. You're called. Called. Called by God. Right now, I think some of you are frozen chosens. It's either hear the teeth chatter up here. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, we're so grateful for who you are. And Lord, I ask right now, Lord, that you would help each one here. God, I ask right now that if there's someone watching online or if there's someone here that has never accepted you as their Lord, personal Savior, I ask right now, Lord, that you would speak to them and they would start their new day knowing that you love them. And they would just come to you and say, Lord Jesus, I have sinned. I have made my life about me and I have not done what is right. Please forgive me for every sin that I have done. Everything, Lord, that I have done against your word. Come into my heart. I believe you rose from the dead. I ask for forgiveness and I choose you, Lord Jesus, to be my savior of my life. This day, I will live for you and for the rest of my days, I choose to honor and serve you in Jesus' name. And those that would say it, say amen. 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 How many of you today would say, you know, Pastor, I do struggle with the mind. It's tough to get my mind in line with God's thoughts and God's ways. Why don't you raise your hand and just say that you, yes, 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 yes. Why don't you just stand your feet right where you are. Just stand your feet right where you are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lift your hands to heaven. Let's ask God. Father, will you now help us as we yield to you? God, we come before you asking for help. Lord, will you strengthen us? Lord, we yield our hearts and our minds to you. No longer, Father, will we give our mind as a playground to the enemy. But our thoughts will be on your thoughts. Our ways will be on your ways. So, Father, I pray right now for each one. Will you touch each vessel as they come before you? And may they thoughts truly be your thoughts. And may they fully rely on your grace. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can you give God praise in the house of the Lord? Well, we thank you for joining us today. Let's continue to believe that God is going to do a work in all of our lives and in His church, despite our current circumstances. If you would like to support the ministry of Salem First Assembly, you can do so by mailing to 430 Route 45, Salem, New Jersey, 08079, or by visiting our website at salemfirstag.org. Please join us for service next Sunday at 10.30 a.m., or you can watch service every Sunday afternoon on Facebook at Salem First Assembly or YouTube at Salem First AG. You can also listen to the message every Tuesday on Podbean. Have a blessed rest of your day. Let's remember to be a blessing and that life is living in faith every day.